Welcome to the Dietitian Success Podcast. Here at Dietitian Success Center, we're all about making it easier for you to build your confidence and expertise. So whether you're a dietitian or a dietetic student, we've got something for you. I'm Krista, your host and the founder of DSC. Now, are you ready to ditch the imposter syndrome and join our incredible, vibrant community? If so, let's jump in. Today, I am sitting down with Anna Reisdorf, registered dietitian and founder of RWS Content and Strategy. You may also know Anna from her popular free Facebook group, RDs Who Write, or perhaps you've taken her course, Freelance Writing for the RD. Through her business, Anna and her team of RDs provide digital marketing services to help brands increase visibility, authority, and conversions. They provide services related to freelance writing, recipe development, food photography and video, SEO, email and newsletter campaigns, social media management, and FDA-compliant product descriptions. She's worked with organizations like Abbott Nutrition, Walgreens, Dr. Axe, and many, many more. Today, Anna and I are going to chat about her journey into freelance writing and how she's grown her content marketing business to where it is today. Plus, how RDs just like you can supplement or replace their income, whether in private practice or working a nine-to-five job, with this type of creative marketing work. And I would know, I actually purchased Anna's ebook when (laughs) I first started my freelancing business for $57, and I was able to take that information that I learned and get started with freelancing, which led me into being able to quit my job, start freelancing full-time, and eventually evolve my business into DSC. So needless to say, Anna's content is awesome. All right, with that, let's get into the episode. Hey, Anna, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I'm pumped to chat about this topic today. This is something that I know that there's a ton of interest in, whether it be something that dietitians are wanting to do sort of as a side hustle on top of their nine to five or wanting to actually turn this into the bulk of their business or as a component of their business. So I'm really I'm really excited to talk about just the strategy and sort of your process over time in developing your freelance business. Um, But let's start off by going back in time a little bit, I'd love to just understand a little bit more about your journey and what your career path has looked like as a dietitian. Sure. So I became a dietitian in 2007. It was sort of, I went back to school actually to be a dietitian. When I graduated from college, I thought I was going to be a therapist. I got a degree in psychology. And then I did a lot of things. I was an event planner for a while in LA, which was interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Did you ever plan events for celebrities? I planned events with celebrities that were like in attendance. It was oh, mostly wow. bar and bat mitzvahs. Okay. Which I don't recommend planning those. Why? Because, well, because it's a bunch of like 13 year olds. Like, yeah. And it was like fair. lavish ones. Like, like yeah. one of them had an elephant that they okay. brought into everybody else's <laughs> oh, hotel. Like, this was no joke. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, cool. Anyway, um, I digress on that. But anyway, so I became a dietitian in 2007 after going back to school for dietetics. Um, I thought that I would do like weight loss counseling, which is actually where I started. 
uh, preparing people for bariatric surgery, but like I did not realize how exhausting mentally that would be. Um, and then just like office politics and stuff like that. So I popped around a lot for a couple of years to clinical, to working at the university as a teach as a professor, to um, just doing things. And I was just kind of lost for a while. And in 2012, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was, um, I decided to go with her to Brazil to get her treatment. That's where she was from. And she wanted to be near her family uh, while she was getting her breast cancer treatment. So I went there and just like on a little take a break from my life mission. And at that time, I started talking to uh, this other dietitian online who was traveling the world, like with supporting herself and her travels as a freelance writer. And I was like, wait like she was like in australia then and she was going to like germany and i'm like really like i could do that like i don't have to write a book or get published in like shape magazine like i don't know how to do that right and she's like no just sign up for this website and you can do it too and the website doesn't exist anymore but um back in the day they had a bunch of health professionals writing for this website called demand media and the articles paid $25 each, but there was literally thousands that they needed written. So you would just like go on there and pick your article and write it. And I started writing eight articles a day oh to make two hundred extra bucks, which was like all I wanted. Like, oh my gosh, like yeah. I am here and paid for writing and this is amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, that's a thousand bucks a week. So $4,000 right. a month. Right. That was like when I made up my dietitian yeah. job. Right. You know what my take home pay was. Wow. And so it was a side hustle for a while. Ended up coming back from Brazil and having to kind of get a job with benefits and that kind of stuff. But so I side hustled the writing for a while. And then when my son was born in 27, 2015, I decided to make it like full time. Like I'm going to be a writer full time. I told my husband I wanted to be a stay at home mom. And then was actually wanting to be a writer. Um, <laughs> so I started like trying to make writing my full-time income. And it took a little while to build that up. At that time was when I started the RDs Who Write Facebook group because I wanted to actually connect with other RD writers. It was more for me that I started that group, thinking like if I build it, they will come and they will tell me what they are doing so I can do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, which worked, uh, but through the the last, you know, eight years, I built a freelance writing business that is beyond my wildest imagination. I've become the expert in that group uh, through the struggles and the learning curve and all of that. Um, and so now I have a content marketing agency and I have eight dietitians who work for me in that agency and we create content for big supplement brands, other dietitians, health and wellness websites. And then I also am still teaching other dietitians how to become freelance writers. So it's like grown from just wanting to like side hustle and maybe use the income to travel the world to a legit full-time business and bigger than I could have imagined. That is so cool. And so did that so I'm so curious about that demand media where you started. That sounds like it was 
I mean, sort of a gold mine if you're willing to put in, well, to an extent, like you're not getting rich off, off of $25 articles, but, you know, pretty cool that there's a marketplace there where you can just, you know, if you have the, the, the desire to write, you can just start making money. I feel like those platforms don't really, there's not many examples of other platforms no. like that. Just, if that one doesn't yeah. exist anymore, right? Um, it was like, it was sort of before the dawn of the complex SEO yeah. and the competition between like Helpline and very yeah, well, yeah. blah, blah. Like it was before that when all you needed to do was like produce large volumes mm -hmm. of meh content yeah, and you could start ranking. Yeah. And so it was like back in the day when Livestrong was one of the top. Oh yeah, totally. Websites. So that was, that was that time. So it was, it was just a different time in the SEO. And so like their only goal was to crank out as much as they possibly yeah. could to try to get some of those spots. And, and right. I, I wish, I mean, there definitely are content mills that still exist. I would assume that the low bar content mills are probably at this time now being replaced by AI. Mm -hmm. uh, but those have always been around. It's just like, don't really recommend dietitians working for like one penny a word. Right. Totally. And so how did you then get your first paid gig that wasn't a demand media article? Um, uh, I went on Upwork, which used to be oh, called cool. Yes. And I got my first paid job with Smarty Pants Vitamins. They had just gotten started. Um, and they paid me for, they, I got paid for a while to write for them. Um, and then also through Upwork, I got in touch with Dr. Axe, who is, who has a big nutrition site. When he was first starting, I was one of his very, very first writers before he was who he is today. Um, so those were my first two like real paid jobs outside of the demand media. And so I actually started on Upwork as well. Um, and that's how I, even just three years ago, um, was able to get enough business on Upwork to start bringing in a full-time income. Do you feel like that's still the case with regards to Upwork? You know, we think it may be a little bit saturated. Yeah. They see a lot of changes. Uh, I think now to be like at the top, you have to pay them and then you have to pay them a percentage. Um, you know, I think it's a it's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Don't think it's a good place to stay. Yeah. And so then the next sort of evolution of that, do you feel like is is that like just pitching yourself directly to companies, organizations, et cetera? I think it's building the relationships that you need so that clients are coming to you. I think it's working on your SEO. So start, clients start coming to you and then it's mm -hmm. going to be the cold pitching and the LinkedIn outreach that you have to start doing. Okay. I want to come back to that. I'm just going to make a note, but yeah. I, I still want to talk about your business. Um, I want to know how has your business evolved over time? Obviously now you have, I think you said a team of eight dietitians, correct? Mm -hmm. Which is incredible. Yep. And now you do, uh, it sounds like more comprehensive you know, marketing services, which is really, really cool. So how has that changed over time? How has that evolved over time? Right. So, I mean, for, in the beginning, it was just me as a yeah. freelance writer. And honestly, I brought on the team out of 
personal necessity, not because I had a strategy at all behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a second child in 2017 and we were also moving across the country. And that month that I came back from mat leave, I got like requests for like 10 different projects. And I was like, I have an infant and a toddler and a cross country move. Like I, I can't do this. So I put out a call in that art in my RDs who write Facebook group and a few people responded and I paid them an embarrassingly low rate at the time. Mm-hmm. And because like, I did, didn't know. And, um, you know, they, they covered that whole time period of me moving, um, here to Nashville and like everything that I needed at that time to get settled. And then my baby got really sick for a while and they just, they carried the business. Um, and so over time, it, it kind of grew, um, from just being a writing business to now, you know, it was more that we gained experience as a team and started being like saying, oh, we're working for this marketing agency who's selling SEO services, like learning, like, what are they doing and why can't we just do that too? Mm -hmm. You know, so it was just little pieces that I put together seeing what the clients were asking for and figuring out how I could make that work. So we added recipe services and food photography and video product. Like we just kind of see, okay, what are people asking us for? What are they saying? What are they doing? Like, how can we be the group that's providing that service for them? Hmm. And where would you say that most of your clients come from now? Okay. Um, A lot from referrals. Mm -hmm. And I have enough clients in the backlog that they kind of come and go like some from like five years ago will come back with a new project at a new company and so it's like relationships that I already have um stuff have come from just like SEO finding me on my website that's the majority of it right now I will say that my we've been doing a lot of LinkedIn outreach this year and it's been pretty not great interesting do you have a sense mm-hmm. of why that might be? You think maybe people are not going on LinkedIn as much. Yeah. Uh, it was always like a great source for me, but I really mm-hmm. see a change in the last nine months or so. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm wondering, I mean, for me too, like I, I kind of feel like that's the consistent theme across a lot of social media platforms. It's just like not working in the same way that they were even a year ago. Yeah, I mean, even I had a uh, call with my mastermind yesterday, and they said mm-hmm. that that's kind of the same. Maybe it's summer too, yeah, you know, true. the summer. Yeah. People are just like, oh, I'm just not going to log in or yep. ever. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure exactly how to get to those decision makers, right? Because that was an easy way to do it. But maybe they're tired of people getting to them. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, okay. I have too. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's true. And and this is like such a it's such a great example of how like planting seeds over time then contributes to the snowball effect of a business, right? Like these have been seeds that you've been planting over the last X number of years that you have all of these clients in the background, previous clients who some of them are and now your current clients, some of them are new. Some of them are people that you've planted seeds with over the past years. So I just think that's such a cool, it's just such a cool example of how 
you know, th- these things take time and building out a full roster of, of clients and, and business, it just takes time. It does. And, and it's, and I can understand if you're new, it's frustrating. Yeah. Cause you're just like trying to like plant these seeds everywhere and not getting any traction. Yeah, totally. So I'm curious, have the types of clients that you are working for or working with changed over time? And I think more so I'm getting at the, like when I first started on Upwork, it was a lot of those like really inexpensive, like cheapo projects that I was just doing for the sake of building a portfolio, right? Like that was the intent there, but you were making a lot of money. And then slowly but surely, I think you find, you know, better, maybe quality partnerships and quality clients. Have you found that that's been, how has that evolved for you? Um, I think for me, it was more about my confidence level. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. And of course, of course, like we're known now, the team is known around the internet, right? Um, my name is known around the internet. So that, I think that does help. Um, but I think that 90% of getting the higher paying work was about my personal confidence mm-hmm. and me saying, this is our rate. This is what we offer and not allowing people to say, oh no, I want to pay $10 for that. And I'm like, well, good luck. Mm-hmm. And being okay with that. Whereas when I first started like on Upwork, there was one person that like harassed me forever for this like $15 thousand word article. And I got injured and was going to be sitting on my couch for like a week. And I was like, screw it. Like might as well sit here watching TV making 15 bucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they stole the article. Uh, <laughs> no. Just harassing for months. Like not only did I not all the article and it was like they didn't put the money in escrow and the upward thing so i didn't know oh, you know like so awful yeah. <laughs> and they stole the article on top of all on top of the harassment that i got from them please oh don't 15 dollars. please over 15 dollars, and they took it mm-hmm. so that was like i mean at the time it was just like please i was sitting on the couch so i was like whatever whatever but um i just you know, it was really for a long time was my confidence in yeah. saying this is our rate, this is what we do, and this is how we do it. And yeah, and waiting for those big clients who have the budget to pay that to come. Yeah, totally. And what role do you feel like having a strong portfolio plays in getting those big clients? Yeah, I think that, you know, if you really want some of the bigger brands, if you're like the known person, obviously that helps. Um, But it just depends. I think it depends on the client, you know, what they're trying to do and what their goal is and how many writers they need. Uh, You know, I think it it does help you if you show that you've been at least featured in various important publications, even if you haven't like necessarily written for them. Um, Having sort of that, those like testimonials of the, that type of clientele. Yeah. Okay. And so I want to shift into talking a little bit about ways that RDs or some of the first steps that RDs can take if they're wanting to start to dabble in freelance work. So with today's landscape, what would you say are some of those first step recommendations that you would give to somebody who's starting from scratch? Right. So you need to have writing samples. So 
it's like, okay, well, where do I write writing samples of fun? Are you writing jobs? Um, LinkedIn allows you to blog on their platform directly. So you can post something there. Medium.com is a website where anyone can post anything. So you could post something there. I would maybe hit up a colleague that has a blog and say, can I write a guest post for you for free? And see if they'll allow that and have them put your name on it if they they will. Um, so that would be first step. And I would try to get at least two or three of those so you can send it as a sample mm-hmm. because people are going to want to know if you can write. The next step that I would do is make a list of people that you know that might have writing work for you. So it can be, you know, your friend from internship that's now working for a supplement company. It can be, you know, your brother's cousins, whatever, that might have some kind of need because you're probably going to get your first gig from some type of contact of a person that you, you know, have some some relationship with. Um, So I would start there and then don't be afraid to ask those people if they know anybody that might be looking for work. Um, And then I would also consider applying for some of writers for some of the big health websites. I've seen recently that Healthline has been hiring a lot of new writers. Um, And those types of websites are always putting calls out for writers. Or if you Google write for us very well health, like you may come up with a page or any like name of a website and then send some of your samples and see if they're looking for new writers. I feel like those are kind of like low-hanging fruit that you can get into relatively quickly to start getting your experience as a writer. Mm. That's Those are such awesome tips. And so I'm, and I, I do actually remember that from when I was doing freelance writing. I can't remember um, well and good. It was well and good. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know that website, but I remember when, um, I was like, I was, I think, subscribed to their email newsletters. And I was surprised that they just had a link on their website, on the the footer of their website that was like writer application form. <laughs> they were just always accepting writers. I think I just always assumed that there was, you know, tons of people that were applying to them to be writers. And that might not always be the case. Like, it's it's worth it to reach out for sure. Well. Some of those websites, you know, well and good, healthy. And I don't want to talk like smack on them because I do think that they do a good job with their content. Yeah. But their demand for content, constant production of content Mm. is very high because Mm -hmm. they have to compete for that number one spot, right? Right. They're all competing with each other. So the rates are low. Mm -hmm. The demand of what you have to produce is high. But I will say it's really good experience of working with clients, of learning how to work within content guidelines, of learning about SEO, and of people finding your name. Mm -hmm. I used to write for this website called thelist.com. They paid me eight cents a word, but I got so much free stuff and contacts from writing for that website. Like brands would reach out and be like, this year writer for the list, you want this free, I don't know. protein bars or whatever and I'd be like sure right or other clients would find me from articles that I wrote on that website because they had a bigger reach than I did so I'm not saying that you should write for those like forever and base your career on it because you're not gonna be rich off of that but Mm -hmm. 
if you need experience and visibility, I think they're a great place to start. So cool. Um, and so let's come back to this idea of cold pitching or like LinkedIn and LinkedIn outreach. What does that, let's start with, I guess, the cold pitching idea. So let's say that you have a brand that you really enjoy, you use a lot in your day-to-day life, and they have a blog on their website that you would be a good fit for writing for. How do you go about reaching out? What's the best way to do it? So you want to find somebody, go to LinkedIn and find it, go to the brands, like their brand LinkedIn page, right? So let's take like, I don't know why I always think of Orgain. Orgain is protein yeah. shake. Okay. It's a lot of yeah. But um, so you go to the Orgain page and you'd search employees and you'd find somebody that's in preferably content marketing. So content marketing manager, director of content marketing, or like a marketing director or somebody that has like a word like marketing or director or something like that um, in their bio. Then you try to find that person's email address. Um, And so, I mean, you could send them a request on LinkedIn if you wanted and like a connection request and put a little note and say, hey, I'm looking for for writing opportunities. Do you have anything coming up? Like be direct. Like I don't mm-hmm. personally like it when people are confusing. Yeah. And like I don't know what they want. And I'm like, yeah. What are you trying to talk to me about? Yeah. Um, I like to just be direct. Yeah. Um, so that's one way to communicate with them, but consider also looking for their email address. I've found that if you go to Google and you just search what is the email for Orgain, it'll tell you a pattern. So it'll say most people at Orgain have first name dot last name. I'm making this up. So don't, yeah. if it's No, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't email me about it. Yeah. First name dot last name <laughs> at Orgain.com, right? Or first initial or like, that'll tell you like what pattern probably is. And then you can sort of guess their email based on their name. It's not going to work 100% of the time but you can figure it out and then like send a similar message, you know, what's like of what you want and be direct about it. So I will say that these people probably get 40 million kajillion emails per day. Mm. And unless you try to kind of stand out your email, it is unlikely that you'll get a response, especially for a big company like, like that one. Mm -hmm. Um, and the response rate will be low, but the important thing is to just keep it. So it's sort of a volume play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I find that just getting, if I have to psych myself out to do it because I do not like it. Yeah. Uh, but I set goals when I need to like kind of drum up some new business to do five a day. And then I get to go do something I want to do and not, you know, and mm-hmm. like, I did my five day. Yeah. And then be sure to follow up. Be yes. sure to follow up. So don't just send one email and be like, they didn't respond. Oh no, I'm done. Like send at least two follow-ups after that. Yeah. That is so smart. That's such a, it's such a basic process. Like it's such a simple process for like, find the page, find the person. But I feel like there can be so much resistance around that. And I did the same thing. And I think that that was my, I think that that was why 
like my freelancing business grew was because I did the exact same thing as you. I was like so committed to consistency and I did the same. And maybe I even learned that from you was like the five, five a day, five upwork pitches a day. It was like, and I can't do anything else until those five are done. And then I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so it's yeah. consistency. Yeah. It's really just keeping at that grind, you know? Yeah. That I mean, I sent hundreds of cold emails um, in my life, but like I will say, off of one cold email, I got a client that's a marketing agency that's been my client for almost five years. Wow. And every month they give me between four and eight thousand dollars worth of work for five years. Yeah. yeah. Like, how is that like? I mean, that's worth it to me. Oh my God, totally. Yeah. All so, it takes is one email. Mm-hmm. Yep. It does. You just it gotta could send be your email. first one. It could be yeah. your first email that you sent yeah. or your hundredth <laughs> email that you sent. Totally. But you just got to keep at it. Exactly. So do you think it's beneficial for dietitians to have a specific niche area when it comes to nutrition-related conditions for writing purposes? Like, is it better for you to kind of hone in on digestive health or whatever? I, in my personal opinion, because I yeah. work more in like the content marketing space, if you just want to do writing, I actually think you need a broader, you don't need a niche. You need to be a nutrition specialist, right? And then you should niche it to like maybe a specialty area of writing. Interesting. Um, I know that others disagree with me on that, but I will say that every like writing coach that I've ever mm-hmm. hired outside of the dietetic space said so that they think that nutrition is already way too narrow. Oh, interesting. Wow. So they think I should go into like more healthcare or pharmaceuticals oh, or so interesting. something like that um, and focus on like the type of writing. So like SEO, email marketing, blah, blah, like that kind of stuff rather than nutrition and then narrowing it even more. Mm. That's so fascinating. But on the other hand, you know, the the like the world is changing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think expertise with AI is going to become even more important. So, you know, I might change my mind about this in the future because maybe like having, being the digestive health dietitian or whatever mm-hmm. is the only way to stand out against the AI produced content. I don't know. I don't have an answer. That's funny that you say that because that was actually my next question was around AI. So I'm wondering if you can say more on that. Just uh, what do you mean by that? Sure. So right now, AI is uh, at its earliest stages. It's only going to get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't, I know right? there's a lot of predictions out there and a lot of things. And I'm, I'm a little bit of a doomsday kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. But my fear is more like the robots taking over in a different way with yeah. AI, but in a practical sense. I don't know what's going to happen with content, SEO, you know, all the stuff that we do on the internet right now. I don't know. And if anyone tells you they know, they don't know because nobody really knows how companies are going to integrate the AI into their workflow, how open they're going to be to using it, how Google is going to change the search with the AI. Like there's things that have rolled out um, already. But it's not fully rolled out like across all platforms and everything. So I just don't think that anyone really knows. 
for us, I really was expecting there to be a lot of requests coming in for like, I'm going to write all the articles with AI and you guys just edit them and put your names on them. Like that's what I was expecting to start happening. We've only had one Hmm. request so far. Um, I will say that the summer has been a little quiet in terms of new clients, but our old clients or or regular clients are still coming. Um, So I do think that AI is going to change things and I can't say what direction that's going to be, but I am I am hoping that with the like enormous volume of AI generated content, that putting your name on something as a licensed professional is going to matter even more. Hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful that that will be the change that Google makes so that no one will be able to compete in the health and wellness space without a real dietitian's name on it. Have you even considered like, Maybe creating like a little logo that I can sell with my articles that say created by a real human. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah, like, totally. Written yeah. by a human, written by a real yeah. human dietitian. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's that's just something I've, I've thought about. Like how can we differentiate our content from the content that is for now adequate, but is only going to get better. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah, I agree. I um actually two pub to or well i guess it depends on when this podcast comes out but i think it's episode 142 that i did a couple weeks ago i was talking about ai and just sort of some of my observations and and because we've been experimenting with chat gpt particularly a lot and i think what's interesting is you start to see there was i think a lot of sort of i guess i don't know if it's fear but more at the beginning with me sort of trying to just thinking like, oh my gosh, is this going to replace the content that we're already creating right now? And then you go to actually use it and you start to learn how to use it properly. And you see that, and I agree, it's going to change and it's going to evolve and it's going to become better. But at this point, there's still a pretty big discrepancy between what AI, what ChatGPT will create and what you as a dietitian would create just in terms of like referenced content, you know, all of those different components. Like there's a lot of there's there's gaps for sure, right? It's not the same caliber. So for now, you know, it still feels like there's yeah, there's definitely that that disconnect. But I agree, it it's gonna it's gonna get better for sure, right? And and I will say, like a couple of our clients had a sign something saying we wouldn't use AI at all mm-hmm. for their content, which I mean is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's a good sign. And I just. You don't think it's going to roll out and replace everybody as quickly as they like, There's too many like legal yeah. things. And, like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Details that need to be figured out. But I will say that for personal stuff, I have been using it pretty heavily. Yeah. And I find it's me a Same. lot of time. I've been very productive with my own blog. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, because they know what yeah. I need to add, right? Totally. So, yeah. And I think, again, once you start to play around with it and really realize how to use it effectively, um, because that's sort of what they say, right, is that like learning how to design a prompt is the biggest part of the the experience, right? And and what you what you put into it, you'll get out of it. We've found that it's been so useful for generating examples of things. Like if we have to come up with lists of examples or whatever, it's so helpful in that respect, because that's something that takes some time for you to try and come up with and it's like 
I can come up with these, but it's going to take me 20 minutes versus if I know how to ask ChatGPT for it, that's a lot right. easier, which is really cool. Yeah. 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 So definitely I mean, does, a lot of pros. Lot. Yeah, yeah, there are. There's a lot of things that we, like I use it to start an email sequence for myself. You yeah, know, so totally. I'm like, I want to sell this product, yeah. make it funny. Yeah. And sometimes it's funnier than I could be. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> well done. <laughs> Um, okay, can you tell us a little bit about your two freelance writing for dietitian products that you have? Mm -hmm. So I have a guide to freelance writing, which is just a, a ebook type of thing where you, it's just a get starting guide. It's actually just been updated for 2023. Um, so that's sort of if you're not sure, you want to dabble, like what is it about? You know, get some ideas of where to get started, um, and then course for dietitians to get started with freelance writing. And so that's called freelance writing for the RD. And that's a six module course. It used to be six weeks, but now I, I give it to you a little bit sooner. Um, and it goes through in detail what to say to clients, how to optimize your LinkedIn. So clients reach out to you, um, how to do better on work when you're reaching out to potential uh, job postings, how to get clients to start finding you, how to price your writing, legal issues, like basically everything you need to know that couldn't really be covered in like a little, you know, 20-page ebook. Um, it also comes with support from me and a Facebook group and that kind of stuff. So that's a little bit more in-depth uh, for people who are really ready to get moving on the freelance writing. Awesome. Amazing. And are those available at all times throughout the year or do you do open close? The guide is available all the time. Uh, so if you join the Facebook group, RDs to Write, uh, you'll get a, a welcome email and it'll tell you to buy the guide. Um, and then the uh, freelance writing course is like open close right now. Yeah. Um, it will be opening again mid-September. Um, so that will be the final sale of it for this year. Perfect. Awesome. Mm -hmm. We will link to that in the description of this episode. And I purchased your ebook way back when, started with the ebook and got so much value out of that ebook that I was able to get started with freelancing. And I'm like, why did I not buy the course? Like the course would have given me everything that I needed, but it was at the time where I was like, you know, when you're first starting your business and you're like, yeah, I don't know how to spend money appropriately. And so I if I had if I were to go back in time, I would totally get the course. I think it's incredible and so comprehensive. So highly recommend. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I've helped so many dietitians. Yeah. Like now I see some of them that are my students and I'm like, yeah, wow, like you took so that cool. and just ran with it. My goodness. Yeah. That's so cool. I want to take credit for it, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can take, you can definitely take part credit for it, for sure. For sure. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting today. It was so good to talk to you and so much value came out of this episode. Um, so where can the audience find out more about you and the work that you do? Yeah, so com is the website for my agency and then any the courses are on there as well. And then the RDs who write Facebook group is a great place to come and learn from other RD writers. You can follow me also on Instagram on nutrition underscore writers. So always happy to connect, answer questions. Just reach out. 
Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much, Anna. No problem. Have a great day.